Hello and welcome to the Pop Culture Tourist, exploring where fictional vampire-ridden woods meet real utensil-based towns. As always, I'm your host, Nathan Hicken. This week, we'll be climbing up trees like a spider monkey, moving to a new school, and enjoying a four-month sadness coma. So let's get started. This week, we're traveling to a city of 3,000 in the Pacific Northwest, Forks, Washington. That name might immediately spark some recognition, but let's get a little bit more background information before we dive into the pop culture connections. So as we drive into Forks, let's lay down a bit of groundwork, as you might not know much. For starters, before Forks was even a town, the Quileute Native American tribe called this and the surrounding area home for thousands of years. Forks didn't officially become a town until 1945, and for much of its recent history, it was a logging town. And as you can see from these cloudy skies, Forks also claims to be the rainiest town in the contiguous United States. And that's a very important detail. Why? Well, because we're better to live if you're a vampire sparkles in the sun than the rainiest town in the U.S. Welcome to Forks. Forks is, of course, the setting of Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Saga and the subsequent movie adaptations. If Twilight was never your jam and you need to be caught up, or if you're just a casual fan itching for a recap of your second favorite YA supernatural romantic drama, then buckle up. Twilight revolves around Bella Swan, an inscrutable teen who moves to Gloomy Forks to stay with her dad while her mom goes out gallivanting with her new baseball husband. Bella's personality, well, once in Forks she runs into one of her old friends from childhood, Jacob Black. He's grown up now, but there's not too much spice there yet. Bella enrolls in Forks High School, where she catches the interest of just about everyone. At lunch, she notices a standoffish group of odd kids who look washed out even in the blue lighting. Everyone else seems pretty weirded out by them, but when she goes to her science class for the first time, she makes eye contact with one of the colon posse, Edward, who looks like he's about to throw up. He continues to stare at her throughout the whole class period like a completely normal person. Fast forward a week, and Bella nearly gets hit by a car in the school parking lot, but is saved when Edward appears out of nowhere and stops the van with his bare hands. Bella starts to do some research because this Edward guy, he's pretty spicy. I mean, he's Robert Pattinson, but he's clearly got some creepy secret. After some intense web surfing, she concludes that he must be an immortal bloodsucker. So she confronts him by herself in the woods. And he's like, yeah, I'm a vampire. That's a green light for her, so they start dating and everything's fine until three creepy vampires crash the Cullen family baseball game and want to kill Bella. Because. Long story short, the evil vampires are defeated and Bella asks Edward to turn her into a vampire. And scene. And now for the other three novels, reimagining and perspective swap novel. Just kidding. That summary is enough to start our travels around Forks. We'll return as needed. The first stop on our tour is Bella's house. The Swan House is iconic. This is where Bella attempts to heal her relationship with her dad, and where Bella vacillates between her two love interests, Edward and, spoiler, Jacob. Edward, who also watches her sleep in this house, promises to never leave her again in her bedroom at the end of Twilight, which, spoiler, that's a promise he does not keep. It's also in here that Jacob, remember that friend from childhood? Well, in the second installment, he's got a lot more going for him, in terms of looks at least. Anyway, it's here that he climbs into Bella's room shirtless and hints strongly that he has a terrible secret that he wants to tell her. Let's just say that Lupin's got nothing on him. He's, he's a werewolf. 
but Bella doesn't really pick up on this until a few scenes later. Of course, the house is also where Bella spends most of her sadness coma when Edward breaks up with her in the second movie slash book, entitled New Moon. On a side note, the other books in the series slash movies in the saga are Eclipse, Breaking Dawn, and then the reimagining Life and Death, and then the perspective swap from Edward's perspective, Midnight Sun. Okay, you don't have to worry about remembering all that. Anyway, with all that happening in the house, it's pretty natural that this is the first stop for many people on their Twilight tours. But I can tell from the look on your face that you're probably a fan of the movies, and if you are, it looks like you might be a little disappointed. The house they filmed for the movies is actually over in St. Helens, Oregon, and is now available as an Airbnb. But don't fret, the town has claimed one of their own homes based on Stephanie Meyer's description in the first book, and designated it as the Swan House. It's an old refurbished farmhouse and is now available to stay in overnight. There are even cutouts of Edward and Jacob to keep you company. Though only one of them has enough body heat to keep you warm if you're dying of hypothermia. Which means it's probably time for another quick story recap. Jacob and Edward both compete for Bella's attention, but things are ultimately settled when Bella marries Edward and is turned into a vampire, and Jacob imprints on their daughter, Renesmee. Slightly problematic. There's a lot of other vampire drama in between, but we're just at the house, so we'll save that for later. Anyway, after a restful night's sleep under the eyes of a cardboard vampire, you might be hungry, so let's head over to the Carver Cafe. You'll love it, I promise. The food's pretty typical of any grill or cafe, but the decor is mostly rugged cabin chic, complete with logs for walls and stuffed animals filling in any gaps, just not the stugly kind. Here you might have a heart-to-heart -heart with your father Charlie and begin rebuilding your relationship. In fact, maybe the Carver Cafe is one of your dad's favorite places in town and that's why he brought you here. It sounds like a real nice place, but unfortunately it doesn't exist. Well, sort of. The Carver Cafe is Bella's dad's favorite hangout, and they do go there multiple times in the films. So there is a real-life Carver Cafe, but it's off the highway in Damascus, Oregon. The cafe's name is legitimately the Carver Cafe, and they serve your typical cafe food in the classic diner vibe where you feel like you've stepped back in time, but that may be due to the old photos on the wall. It's a lovely stop with decent biscuits and gravy, but we're not in Damascus, Oregon. We're in Forks. In terms of Twilight eateries, the best real-life counterpart in Forks was a restaurant mysteriously referred to as The Lodge. They served a variety of Twilight-themed foods from the Big Bad Wolf Burger, not made with real wolf, to the Volturi Salad. The Volturi, for those of you who have forgotten, are of course the tourist-murdering Italian vampire coven headed by Michael Sheen. They're pretty much the main antagonist for the saga. But back to The Lodge. Sadly, the restaurant has closed nowadays, so you'll only be able to experience it through photos on the internet. Or you could read about it in the first Twilight book, as the name of the restaurant that Charlie frequents is actually the lodge in the novels. But again, that doesn't help us, seeing as it's closed now. So you're probably still hungry because we didn't get to eat, but I heard the high school is a pretty decent cafeteria, and if we're lucky, we can make eye contact with the brooding foster kids in the corner. Let me tell you more about it as we head over. So the Real Forks High School has hundreds of students that call it home, or prison, depending on who you ask. Their mascot is the Spartans, while their school colors are navy and blue, which is very confusing if you're at all familiar with Michigan sports. Okay, here we are. Take a look. Now, since this is a school where kids are 
actually trying to learn, and we're not students here. We're not actually going to go inside. But, hmm? What? This isn't Forks High School? It says so on the sign. I know it looks different than the movie. Okay, fine. The high school in Forks is Forks High School, but the films didn't use it as Twilight's Forks High School. Instead, they filmed at Kalama High School in Oregon, so if you really want to recreate the biology class throw upstairs scene, we'll have to go there. But we're here for the moment, so we might as well enjoy it. After all, this is where Edward saved Bella's life for the first time, which is pretty romantic. <sighs> okay, we, we can head out now. The next stop is actually in Forks, I promise. You're still hungry, right? Well, then let's head to the Miller Tree Inn, bed and breakfast. Look familiar? Come on, check out its wraparound porch, its three stories, the white side paneling, ringing any literary bells. This is of course the Colon House, where Bella meets Edward's family for the first time. It doesn't have the typical gothic castle vibes that you'd expect from your classic Transylvanian vampire, but instead it has more of a well-to-do southern manor vibe. I can guarantee that your stay won't be quite as awkward as that first visit, though you might receive a letter from the Colon family while you're here. Alright, I know this doesn't look like the modernistic, angular, billionaire house in the woods from the movies. That house is down in Portland. Oregon again, alright? I will have to take a trip down there soon. That multi-million dollar house is actually private property, so if you really want a good look inside, I'd recommend just rewatching the movies. But the Miller Tree Inn here serves up a fun Twilight experience complete with the ability to purchase any paraphernalia you could imagine. So, you're pretty hungry. We could swing by the community hospital where Edward's adopted father, Carlisle, works. They probably have a cafeteria, and that's right around town. No? Well, in that case, there's one last thing, but it does take a bit of a backstory. What I found fascinating is just how much Forks has embraced this fictional identity. If you stop by the Visitor Information Center or scroll through the town's website, you can find a map showing you all the locations from the Twilight Saga. Outside the center, they even have Bella's iconic red truck parked in the lot. When the books first started taking off, the town repurposed an old logging van and used that to bus curious visitors around to the different destinations. Then the movies came out and tourism surged. Forks went from being a logging town to being a tourist destination. And the town rolled with it, going so as far to create the Forever Twilight Festival held annually in Forks. The festival is always held around Bella's birthday, September 13th. In fact, just this year, this festival was held from September 8th to 11th and celebrated the 10th anniversary of Breaking Dawn Part 2 being released. The festival goes all out, with people cosplaying as characters, actors from the film signing autographs and giving keynotes, organized walking tours, dance lessons, vampire initiation, pajama parties, meals with covens, auctions, a full renaissance fair, a 5k, movie screenings, and so much more. There's even a permanent prop installation at the Rainforest Art Center, so if you want to take a selfie with Bella's jacket or giant chess pieces, this is the place to go. On a side note, the exhibit also houses Chuck Esme. If you don't know what that is, I wish I was in your shoes. So, originally, Bella and Edward's child was to be played by an animatronic toddler doll. The only problem was that it looked absolutely horrifying. This thing would definitely murder you. So instead, they went with the CGI option, which, well, it was better than the possessed Halloween doll. But back to the Forever Twilights Festival. Of course, they tore the sites that we saw and a few that we didn't, like the plethora of Twilight gift shops or the police station. 
Bella's dad is the chief of police after all. But it's honestly incredible to see the amount of effort and time and care poured into this event. I love seeing people come together from all over the world to celebrate something they love. So if you're a fan, or you know a fan, or you just really want to get away and spend some time in small town Washington, consider Forks. A place where vampires and werewolves can unite over a single girl. Where a deathly battle can be avoided with some foresight, and where we can let our imagination run wild a bit. That concludes our pop culture travels for today, but stay tuned for next week when we poke around a mysterious address on Baker Street. If you want to stay connected, check out our Twitter and Instagram at thepopculturetourist, or email suggestions for future trips to thepopculturetourist at gmail.com. Thanks for traveling with me, and keep curious. Oh, and one more thing. Of course there are other remarkable, non-Twilight things to do and see around Forks. Fishing is a huge pull for people looking to catch salmon, trout, or anything else that has gills. Fishing's not my strong suit. There are beaches that are part of the Olympic National Park, or La Push, home to the Quileute tribe, where you can whale watch, surf, or kayak. Or where you can hang out with your friends and have a chat with your werewolf love interest. There's the Ho Rainforest, which looks like something out of a fantasy film. I cannot describe how beautiful that forest is. There are trails, rivers, and plenty of places to camp there. The area surrounding Forks is full of outdoors activities from archery to water skiing to horseback riding. But if you're less of an outdoorsy type, well, there's always Sunset Lanes, the Forks Washington Bowling Alley. <laughs>